Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin, and I'm dropping in this morning to talk about the I wills. Are you exalting your will above God's will? We got to get the pride out of our lives. I'm going to talk about exalting our will above God's will. It's called the battle of the wills. Are you battling with your will? Are you putting your will above God's will? <laughs> we getting ready to talk about this. One second, one minute, one moment. One second, one minute, one moment. We're getting ready to talk about the battles of the wills. Uh, I'm taping on my podcast also, guys. So be patient with me. You guys, thank you for joining in on my Facebook Live and my podcast, Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. How many of you know that God wants us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory? Lord, our mercy, Jesus. You guys, we're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being together uh, in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you that with you're the head, we're the head and not the tail above and not beneath, Lord God. And I'm Father God, we ask that you take the blinders off our eyes so we can see and remove, uh, open our ears so we can hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying to us, Lord God. In um, Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen and amen. You guys, we're getting ready to jump right into this. we get ready to jump right into this. This is called the battle of the wills. Are you exalting your will above God's will? Well, we're getting ready to find out. We're going to start with Isaiah. Good morning, Ms. Dorothy, my beautiful sister. Um, we're going to start with um, Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14 and 12. This is called the Battle of the Wills. <laughs> okay, Isaiah 14 and 12, it starts. Shining, this is Christian Standard Version. It says, Shining Morning Star, how have you fallen from the heavens? You destroy of nations. You have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself, this is this is what I'm trying to get to right here. The battle of the will. Are you exalting your will above God's will? I got, you know, I got to know. I got to know. So here it is. Here we're getting ready to get into it. Isaiah 14, 13. He said, you said to yourself, I will ascend. Here we go with the I will. This is Lucifer talking. This is what he said. He said, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mountain of the God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I will above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high God. But you will be brought down to to Shalu into the deepest regions of the pit. Here, this is Lucifer had said in his heart, I will I will, I will, I will. I'm telling you, if we got the I wills, that's the battle of the will. Are we exalting? I, I just dropped in for a second, for a minute, for a moment, because you guys know I got to know. Um, I got to know. I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Are you exalting your will above God's will? Because whenever we begin to exalt our will above God's will, that's when we allow the spirit of the devil to take control of us. That's when we allow pride to enter in to our lives. Are you exalting, hi, my beautiful cousin Tracy, are you exalting your will 
above God's will. We, I'm talking about the battle of the wills. You know, the word of God tells us and teaches us, he says, there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof, it leads to death. Are we exalting our will? The word of God says, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we're serving to. How many of you know that Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 11 and 2 says, when pride comes, disgrace, but humility comes, causes wisdom. When, when we humble ourselves, when we surrender, when we surrender our will for God's will, when we surrender our way for God's way, then that's when humility comes. That's when wisdom comes. So Proverbs tells us and teaches us, he says, you know what? Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, I need you to acknowledge God so he can direct your path. He says, don't be wise in your own eyes, but depart from evil. And you know, in other words, God has said, I don't want you sitting around trying to figure it out. I don't, I don't want you. God already has it figured out. He said, I don't don't want you trying to figure it out. He said, because when humility comes, then comes wisdom. Why? Because when humility comes, what we're saying is, we're saying, Lord, not my will. Lord, not my way. Lord, not my want. I want what you want. And I need the counsel of God. What is the counsel of God concerning this? It's not about what I want, Lord. It's all about what you want. You know what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane? When he said, Lord, if there's any other way that this cup of suffering can pass from me. But then he came back and he said, Lord, but nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but let your will be done. So what is the will of God? The will of God is the word of God. The will of God is the word of God. And when we exalt our will, when we're bent on doing things our way, then that's when uh, we're exalting our will above God's will. Proverbs 11, 2 says, um, when pride comes, disgrace, but humility causes wisdom to come. Um, 1 James 4 and 6 says, but but God gives, he gives grace to those that are humble, but God resists the proud. Oh, my beautiful Barbara. But God resists the proud. So God gives grace to those who said, Lord, I want to do it your way. How many of you know that any time and every time that God asks us to do something, he's not saying that he don't expect for us to be able to do it in our ability. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. God does not expect for us to do what he asks us to do. He wants us to yield our members to him so he can use our hands, use our feet, use our voice. (laughs) Whoever we yield our members, our body, our members to, that's who we serve. So that's the styling. Are you exalting? Are you the battle of the wills? Are you exalting your will above God's will? That's my question today. So how, uh, when we begin to exalt our will above God's will, it's called pride. When we refuse to forgive, do you know unforgiveness is rooted in pride? Unforgiveness is rooted in pride. Why is this? Because it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What does God say about unforgiveness? Well, Matthew 6, 15 tells us, he said, if you don't forgive others for their sins, then I won't forgive you for your sins. And guess what unforgiveness is? I looked it up. We know unforgiveness is an unwillingness to forgive. 
And another meaning of unforgiveness is, is when we refuse to make allowances for other people's errors or mistakes. So unforgiveness is rooted in pride because unforgiveness says, God, I don't care what you say. (laughs) I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. So what I like to tell people when they struggle with unforgiveness, I like to say, if you can't forgive them for what they said or did to you, can you at least forgive them for being imperfect just like you? Will you allow this imperfect person room to make error? Will you allow this imperfect person who's just like you to make a mistake? Because God said, if you don't, then I won't. Because in order for him to forgive us, he has to go against who he is. And see, God is love. God is love. Unforgiveness is rooted in pride. And every time we exercise our will above God's will, and we know what the word of God say, I know we call it rebellion. But rebellion is equal to, is, is um, not only is it equal to the sin of witchcraft, But rebellion is rooted in pride. Because just like Satan, when we don't do what God say, and we know what he say, what we're saying is, I will ascend to the heaven. I will set up my throne above the stars. I will become, I will, when we exalt our will above God's will, we too are saying what Lucifer said. When we exalt our will above God's will, We too are doing what Lucifer did. And this is why he was cast out of heaven. Because he wanted to exalt his own throne. He wanted to exalt his own will. He wanted his will. like, I don't care what you say, God. I know what you said, but. How many of you know there's no buts in God? He said he he resists the proud. I did a podcast. If you guys get a chance, go back and listen to that podcast. The podcast is entitled, Is God Resisting You? Why, why did you say that? Because he, God said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that humble. Those who say, Lord, not my will, Lord. I, I, don't, I don't feel like it, but, but because you told me to, I'll do it because you said so. It has nothing to do with my will. It has nothing to do with my want. But you told me in Colossians, That whatever we do in word or deed, you said for us to do it as unto the Lord. You told me to submit to my husband, not because I feel like it or not even because I want to. But you told me to do everything in word or deed. You told me to do it as unto the Lord. And you know what? Before us to do things as unto the Lord. We got to have a love relationship. And so I always say relationship, relationship, relationship. Why are you saying that, Pearl? Because without a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be hard to be obedient to someone you don't know. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. It has nothing to do what you feel like has nothing to do with what we want it's about a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because I don't know about you but I've done some foolish things in the name of love Jesus said if you love me 
then obey me. He said, why is it you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Because a Lord is like a supervisor. When Jesus Christ is our Lord, guess what? His word becomes our absolute truth. I don't know about you, but I'm so convinced that my way was the wrong way that I don't want my way anymore. That way that I thought was the right way was the wrong way. And it led me to death. It led me to misery. It led me to depression. It led me the wrong way. And I don't want my way no more. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. Let's quit contending with God. You cannot compromise when the word of God becomes our absolute truth. And we develop that love relationship. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. So my question to you is this. Do you have a revelation? I'm sorry, but my heart is tender towards the Lord. Do you have a revelation of Jesus Christ? He asked his disciples, he said, um, well, who do you, who do they say I am? And some of them said, well, some say you are the Messiah. Some say are you, 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 you the um, Elijah. Some say you're this. But Jesus said, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, you know what? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So my question to you is, do you have a revelation of Jesus Christ? When you read the word of God, is it alive to you or is it just another good story? Because when you get a revelation of Jesus Christ, his word becomes alive. Because when we get a revelation of Jesus Christ and we develop a love relationship with Jesus Christ, we become a friend of God. He told his disciples, he said, you know what? I no longer call you a servant because a servant does not know the father's, the master's business. But I call you my friend because I, you now know the father's business. Proverbs say, those who fear the Lord, he will make his covenant known to them. When we become a friend of God, he will let us in on his mysteries. He will let us in on some revelation knowledge. He will let us in on some of his secrets. Come on now, you know, you got friends. Some of you got some best friends that you tell your innermost secrets to. These are people you consider your friends. You don't just tell your business to anyone. So Jesus said, you know, when you become a friend of mine, we, we sing this song, are you, I'm a friend of God. But to be a friend of God, we have to have a relationship. We have to have a relationship with God. So I love, I judge myself. I judge my love for God by my obedience to God. Because Jesus said it. He said, Paul, if you love me, then obey me. If you love me, then prove it. Do, do what I say. If you love me, we can no longer continue to contend with God. There's no buts in God. We don't have to be afraid to obey him. We don't have to be afraid to step out of the boat and walk on the water. 
Because when God asks us to do something, whatever God calls us to, he will grace us to do it. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, saith the Lord. Don't be afraid. Fear not, for God is with you. Don't be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. Do you know fear is rooted in doubt? When we doubt God, we are afraid to trust God. Once again, everything is going back to a love relationship. You say, well, how do you do that? The same way in the natural, the same way you spend time with people in the natural, getting to know them through through the word. God and his word is one. And so guess what? When we don't have time for the word, what we're saying is, God, I don't have time for you. Lord, forgive us. God and his word is one. And sometimes you have to shut out the outside chatter because when you're developing, I don't know about that, but I didn't get to know my husband through third party. I actually had to take some time out and we had to spend some one-on-one time talking to each other, just shutting all the outside chatter. That means sometimes you got to turn YouTube or the preaching on YouTube. You got to turn other preachers off. So you can just be still and listen. And spend time in the word. A personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we begin to develop that love relationship. We will be able to rest in him. Jesus said in this world we're going to have some tribulations. But if you keep your mind stayed on me. On my word. That's what that's meaning. If you keep your mind stayed on him. He would keep us in perfect peace. We have to have Christ in the midst of our crisis. We're going through some perilous times. We have to have those who endure to the end shall be saved. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. And I say this, have faith in God. What does that mean? What does that mean to have faith in God? We say a lot of things, but what does that mean? To have faith in God, we have to know God. To know God, we have to have a relationship with God. To have a relationship with God, we have to spend time with God. I'm not talking about through third parties. I'm saying individually, one-on-one, a love relationship with the Lord. So let's, let's get the pride out of our lives. The I wills or I did this and I did that. And, you know, what is it we have that he did not give us? It's not us. Jesus told the disciples, he said, don't even rejoice that you cast out devils, but you need to rejoice because your name is written. Because it's by the spirit of God that the devils are cast out. Are you exalting your will above God's will? And if judgment begins in the house of the Lord, we have to get our lives in alignment with what he's saying. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is rooted in pride. Fear is rooted in doubt and unbelief. Because when we don't trust God, it causes us to be afraid. There's no condemnation. There is absolutely no condemnation because we're growing from faith to faith and glory to glory. But guess what? Today, as we have heard this word, today we get to do what it says. But so I don't know what God is saying to you. Maybe he's telling you to cast the net again. Maybe he's telling you to get out of the boat. Maybe I don't know what he's telling you. Maybe he's telling you 
um, to go feed the hungry, to clothe the naked. He's telling all of us to do that. You do know that, right? It might not just be in the same way, but we're all called to do the work of the ministry. We're all called to physically put our hands to the plow. Jesus said, I didn't even come to serve, to be served. I came to serve. And we need to get the pride out of the I wills. I don't know. Look at your life. What area in your life? Because when we don't do what God say, and we're just bent on having things our way, we become a God unto ourselves. Are you sitting on the throne of your own life? Because we so refuse. And you know, justifiable excuses. That's what makes us, you know, feel like it's okay to be disobedient. Lord, I heard what you said, but I'm going to do it later. How many of you know that delayed obedience is disobedience? (laughs) Because until we do what he say, it doesn't matter how many scriptures we know. He said it's better not to know than to know and not follow, right? Do we know how to do what we know? And if we don't, all we do is say, come to God the Father. That's our Father. I don't know about you, but he said, except you come as a little child, you cannot enter. We have to see ourselves like little children. And I don't know about you, but I remember being a child. And as a child, I had to go and ask my parents for everything. You know, can I go here? Can I do this? And lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God. And he has promised to direct your path. He said, depart from evil. Depart from evil. Because when we're sitting here trying to figure it out without God, I don't know about you, but it's like I said, I'm so convinced that my way was the wrong way. I don't want my way anymore. Is God resisting you? Because he resists the proud. When we're bent on doing things our way, guess what? God will allow us to have our way. And just because he lets us have our way does not mean it's okay. But love is choice and not force. And because God so loved that he gave, he's not going to override our will. Because God so loved us, not only did he give his only begotten son, but he gave us free choice. He said, I sat before you this day. Life, death, blessings, and curses. And guess what he said? You get to choose. Love is choice. It's not force. I don't know. I don't know what it is that he's asked you to do or that he's telling you to do. But just know that delayed obedience is disobedience. And it's so important as we approach these evil in times that we align our lives. We get our lives in alignment. And we get busy at the Father's business. There's no excuses. Whatever he's telling you to do today, harden not your heart, but hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I'm getting ready to end it here. The battle of the wills. Will you surrender? Will you stop contending? Will you surrender? You know, um, I was just meditating on this all day yesterday. The Lord was telling me how Moses, you know, he gave Moses a commandment. And Moses came back with a bunch of excuses. <laughs> like God didn't know. He was telling, well, I have a speech ahead of me. You know, I can't do all these things. God was telling Moses that he could. And Moses was telling God that he couldn't. He, he got angry about that. 
doubt and unbelief, that's the sin that leads to sin. That's the sin we need to repent of, the sin of unbelief. Because when we don't believe God, guess what? We call him a liar. I remember when he told me that it crushed me. It crushed my heart. But when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. So to please God is to believe God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? So to please, if you want to please God, just believe him and then act on what he say. Because the truth of the matter is we act on what we believe to be true. There's no condemnation um, because we're growing from faith to faith. But that's the God honest truth. So I judge myself. I judge myself. I could tell what I believe, but why I'm acting on. There's no condemnation because today is another good day. Today is another good day that we get to do what God say. Whatever it is that the Lord is asking you to do, do it because he's going to do it through you. And when you yield your members, and the reason people are so afraid to do what God says is because they're thinking they're going to have to do it. But that's not how it works. He said, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. He is going to, the holy, the anointing of God, the power, it's the Holy Spirit that even willeth us to do good. It's the Holy Spirit. He gives us the power, not only to live right, but he gives us his power to do right. So when we yield our members and we surrender and we say, yes, Lord, I hear you clearly and I'll do it today. Give me your wisdom. Give me your strategy. And as you begin to shut out the outside chatter, he'll begin to download the strategy. He'll begin to give you the wisdom to show you how to do what he is actually to do. Don't that make sense to me? It makes perfect sense. If the Lord asks you to feed the hungry, um, you need to show me how to do it. How do I go by doing this? Where I get the food from? It just makes sense to me. So it's not for you to try to figure out how to do what God is actually to do. It's for us to go to God and ask him for wisdom and then just wait for the word. You may be in the shower and he gives you a piece of the puzzle or he may give you the whole. I mean, that's how he operates with me. I won't move until I hear the instructions because I don't know what to do. I'm not trying to think of some good ideas. I want God ideas, not good ideas, because when you do, unless the Lord build the house, we labor in vain. But when the Lord builds the house. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And for me, it's not work, it's rest. It's joy, unspeakable, right? I'm getting ready to end the year. You guys be so blessed. Be so encouraged. Thank you, uh, Josia. Blessings to you, Tracy, Aunt Wilma, Beverly, Barbara. Thank you guys all for joining in. Helen, thank you guys uh, so much. Thank you, Helen, for supporting us. You guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Like my, uh, like join the prayer room, like my week here page. Um, we're we're going to start feeding the homeless at least maybe twice a month. Okay, I'm, we're excited about that. Uh, our, our mission is to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to go into all the world and not just preach the gospel because Jesus didn't just preach to the multitude. He didn't just teach them. He fed the multitude and he physically fried and cooked the fish. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I always tell people when you don't know what to do, do what Jesus did. Read the gospels and see what Jesus did. And that's what we're called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. Ambassadors um, called to be a light in the midst of this hurting and lost dark world. And the truth of the matter is for real, 
People really don't care about how much we know. They don't care until we show them how much we care. So when you can minister to the need of the person, you can minister to that person. (laughs) I'm getting ready to end here. You guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. Thank you again for joining in. Please share this message if it's blessed you in any way. Keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day in which he has made. And the good news is, is that we get to do what God has asked us to do. What an honor and a privilege to be considered by God to do anything because we cannot repay him for anything. So when he asks us to do something, that's an honor and a privilege uh, to be considered by God for anything, to serve the people that he so dearly loves. All righty, till next time, you guys be blessed and be so encouraged.